Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone. And welcome to episode 323 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. feel like we just, our brains are percolating lately. They are. We have lots of good ideas. Uh, Yes, I'm good. Today's episode is a very special episode. It's for our big library read. Uh, if you're listening to this for the first time because you are participating in big library read and they slap this podcast on every single website, uh, hello, it's nice to meet you. Slap sounds like a terrible way of doing they it. They put it on, they display it, on <laughs> it, and they've all turned off the episode. Um, <laughs> if you are listening to this because you saw the episode on your library's Overdrive or Libby website, hello. We don't normally sound, we do normally sound this awkward, I won't lie. Um, for all of you, uh, you know what Big Library Read is. But for those of you who may not be aware, we talked about this the past couple episodes, but Big Library Read is our two-week program that we run a couple times a year through Overdrive, and it's a global digital book club. So there's about 20,000 libraries participating. Every single one of them has the same book available front and center. And there will be literally tens of thousands, if not over 100,000 people reading it and enjoying the same book at the same time. If you go to biglibrary.com, we'll have a discussion board where people can uh, comment and discuss. And you can also use the hashtag biglibraryread uh, to discuss your thoughts on social media. So what we have today is an interview with the authors of the Big Library Read title, which is Homes, A Refugee Story. And it's by Abu Bakar Al-Rabia and Winnie Young. Uh, and <clears throat> just want to preface the conversation that we had with both of the authors. So Abu Bakar is originally from uh, Syria, and then he moved to Iraq, I believe, all the way around. He was from Iraq and then moved to Syria. Thank you, Jill. Jill made some good hand gestures that, I, <laughs> that made more sense to me. Um, his family left there because there was a civil war and there was a lot of violence and it just wasn't safe anymore. So he moved to Canada and he was going to school. He was learning English. He was trying to adjust. He was having, obviously, a lot of difficulties because it's a completely new experience. And his ESL, English as a Second Language teacher, uh, Winnie Young, decided to have a, a conversation with him and ask him basically what he wanted to uh, do, like what's a story he would like people to know about. And he explained, I'd like people to know where my family came from and, and what it all means and basically give some more information about the Middle East. So what started off is the teacher was like, I'm going to use this as a way to help him learn English and write a speech out. But it turned out to be all these wonderful stories about his experience. And so uh, she kind of interviewed him over several months and interviewed his family and took all those questions down and turned it into this book that they wrote together. So uh, again, it's called Homes, A Refugee Story. And the two of them were in two different places when we interviewed them, uh, two different phones. So it's a little hard to hear them. So that's why I wanted to give you a little more information than we normally would ahead of time. Um, but it's really great, and their story is wonderful. I think you'll love the book. Um, and if people want to get a hold of us, Jill, how can they give us some feedback? They can go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com. From there, 
You can get all of our social links. We are on Instagram and Twitter at ProBookNerds. You can email us directly at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And we have a vibrant community where you can come and chat books with us, whether it's homes or other books you've been reading. It's all there. And also, if you are new to the podcast because of Big Library, if you go to our website, professionalbooknerds.com, you can also subscribe to the podcast there. So you'll be able to get all of our um, Monday and Thursday episodes, uh, or in this instance, a Saturday episode, uh, delivered right to your phone every time we release them. So uh, anything else you think people should know about? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so either. All right, I hope you enjoyed this very special Big Library Read conversation with authors Abu Bakar Al-Rabia and Winnie Young on the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Adam and Jill again, and today we have a very special Big Library Read uh, version of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. The most recent Big Library Read starts on April 1st, which you should be hearing this uh, right around that time. And the title that will be available for you to read is Homes by Abu Bakar Al-Rabia and Winnie Young. And we're going to dive in all about this story in, in just a moment here. But for people who are unfamiliar, the Big Library Read is a digital book program that enables people with library cards at participating libraries to borrow the title right from Libby or their Overdrive website, uh, and they can borrow it for up to two weeks, and there's no wait lists or holds. So if you go into Libby, it will be the first book that you see, and it's going to be available at uh, just over 20,000 libraries uh, all around the world. So it'll be, odds are it'll be available wherever you're listening. So first off, Abubakar and Winnie, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, thanks for being here. So, Winnie, can you start us off by giving our listeners um, an idea of what Holmes is about? Um, sure. So, Holmes, a refugee story, is a book that I wrote based on the stories um, that Abubakar Al-Rabia told me about his life and his family's life growing up in Iraq and then moving to Syria and finally becoming a refugee and moving to Canada, where he became my ESL student um, in grade nine at Highland School. And so, Abubakar, I'm I'm curious for you, you know, what made you want to tell this story so that you know other people could could learn about it? What did you most want people to know? Yes. So when I first came to Canada, I arrived at Edmonton. And I started school at Highlands. So that's where I met my new Indian friends. And I just realized how little people know about life in Syria and Iraq. And you know, I got these kind of questions like, do you guys have schools back in Syria? Or do you guys have chairs? Do you guys have the same life that, that we do? So that's what really, but it's a secret wish for me to share my story. So people know about what's happening, what's happening in Iraq and Syria and how similar we are. Obviously, the sort of elephant in the room um, about this conversation is the ongoing debate we have here. I mean, in the United States, um, just sort of in general, though, about the uh, misinformation about refugees. Clearly, there is like a lot of interest in this topic, and I think that's really wonderful why your book is the Big Library Read. But as someone who has experienced that situation firsthand, what is something you'd like people to know about the process? 
I really would like people to know about, the, especially for the newcomers, that they did not came only from violence, especially for those who just came, who came from, like, for example, for the Syrian refugees who came from from war. Their life is not all about war and traumatic. They were happy back at home, but they were forced to leave because of the of the of the war. They were really all looking. They were all looking for just for a, a peaceful, a peaceful place to continue life in. And then, Winnie, for you, when when you started to hear Abubakar's story, what made you want to extend it beyond just a you know a, a school project? What made you want to help him and his family share the story? Well, I mean, first of all, when you when you are actually able to meet Abubakar and his family, they're just such wonderful, warm people, and that's what really struck me initially is. You know, I think we all have these preconceived notions of what a refugee means. There's a lot of emotional baggage that we kind of attach to it. But when you actually meet Abubakar, um, he's filled with such warmth and such light. And I was really inspired that, like, this is not a family who are victims of war. And they are victims of a situation that they could not control, but it was their love and their resiliency and their sense of togetherness that really helped pull them through it so that they don't walk around like victims. And as I was doing research for writing the book, I was learning so much about why was there this great conflict in Syria? And then it led to the bigger question of why is there all this conflict in the Middle East and what are the geopolitical spheres and um, that are acting on this region. And so in reading about Syria and why there is this refugee situation, this humanitarian crisis, I learned a lot and I wanted the book as a way to teach people because um, in Canada and in the States and really all over the world, um, we are welcoming different kinds of newcomers into our community. And so I think it's very, very natural when we have newcomers in our neighborhood to be wary and cautious. But what we hope to accomplish with this book is to help people understand that there's humanity behind the headlines. And that is what we want to focus on, because if we can focus on the people who are fleeing these different humanitarian crises from all over the world, we develop a sense of compassion and we don't fear our new neighbors and these newcomers. So I think that was what was really the driving force for Abubakar and I. What was the writing process like when it came to actually writing the book? You know, how much did you and Abubakar work together? So for for me, I I went to my family and I, I let them know and I got my dad's permission for, for telling my story to Miss Winnie and I got that bigger list from my dad and I that we were together and then we start and me and Miss Winnie starts to meet at lunchtime after school and I start to tell her my my stories and basically every day a new story so Miss Winnie used to write down everything on papers and notes and get back to me on the other day asking ask me more questions and more details and yeah, that's so, um, for the first, for the first copy, or Yeah, so um, basically, in order to kind of flesh out the narrative arc in this book, um, I spent 
uh, a lot of time um, talking to Abubakar. Um, so our first round of interviews, um, that three months that he referenced, um, really was just he didn't know about his life. Um, in fact, his father had helped him for something tell me. Um, and although Abubakar could speak, you know, your basic English uh, by then, because he had been in the country for about eight months um, at that point, um, you know, there's a vocabulary that he didn't even know the words in Arabic because it was to do with weaponry or something. And so um, Abubakar would show me videos online of certain events that he was talking about, like massacres or car bombs. Um, because he remembered that there's newsreel clips for something on, on TV or online, so he would show me them. Um, and then also because there's a lot of things that he just didn't know how to describe, and so he would type something into Google Translate um, on my phone and then turn it to me and, you know, picking out, because you know how those translated uh, apps are, <laughs> you know, kind of fuzzy at best, um, but picking out, you know, the nouns and verbs that I recognized and you know like as a teacher it it just it broke my heart a little bit when I had to teach him the English word and how to pronounce the English word for explosion or sniper or something like this because this is what was coming through on my phone and so I'm kind of old-fashioned and I scribbled notes as I went um, as opposed to recording the interviews and then um, he kind of gave me the vague outline and using my observations of him, using the research that I was doing and the videos that Bakar showed me, um, and, you know, a little bit of imagination as well, um, I kind of constructed the story around the stories, if that makes sense. And Abubakar, something I think people uh, will come to understand when, when they read the book is the fact that leaving Syria and Iraq was part of your story, but it's not the whole story. You know, you you left this civil war. There, there's a, there was a lot that you left behind, but there's also right. creating there's creating this new life and, and learning a new language. So what were some of the things that you had to overcome when you moved to Canada, you know, after you, you left the Middle East? Most of the things that my friends that I had to overcome, overcome when I go to the school, especially at Highlands, I really missed my friends back in Syria, and I and I had to overcome this. Like I can't really. There's no more cousins I don't have to go to. That I used to go back in Syria all the time. I used to meet my cousins and my friends. So these these was one of the hardest things for me. And also, me and my family were all in the same boat. So we couldn't really do anything. My dad or my or my mom couldn't do anything for us. All of us were in the on the same page, we know we don't know English. We all have to learn English, and we all have to help each other and teach, teach each other. And we don't, and we can't really just sit and do nothing because they, that will take us to nowhere. So it was a struggle for the for the beginning, like the first six months in, in Canada. But after that, we just moved on on learning the language. Um, and I just think it's really important um, that, you know, because I work with other ESL students, a lot of our newcomers in Canada, although they're so grateful to be in a place where they feel safe, they have some kind of sense of security, they can all be together with their family, um, I think it's really easy to forget the sense of loneliness and the loss of community that newcomers have, because I know we've talked about it 
um, where, you know, he went from going in the streets in Syria where everyone knew his name, everyone knew who, you know, who his father was, to this very lonely world in Edmonton where he felt so isolated because of his lack of language, because um, people are kind of afraid to just, you know, approach someone to talk and there was lots of community that our newcomers struggle with. So, Winnie, when it came to writing Abubakar's story, how did you make sure to maintain his voice throughout the pages of the book? Um, yeah, it was that was really important because I always wanted it to sound like Abubakar um, and hear him speaking in Arabic. And then also, whenever we were doing the family interviews, um, just noticing, like, kind of his hesitators and what words that he would use to stall or noticing their speech patterns that way in regular Arabic as opposed to English. Um, and just, I guess, time together, I, I got to know so much of him. And so I was able to you know, kind of use that gentleness that I learned about his personality and put that into the book, which was really important for it to sound like Abubakar was telling the story and not me. And then... Abubakar, you've lived in Canada since 2014, um, but you, I, I've seen you say you hope to someday return to Syria and Iraq. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, so what, what do you want to be able to do over there? Right, do you have thoughts on how you could help the region or, or is it just to go back to your homeland? I hope, I hope one day I want to go, I will be able to go back to my homeland and and in some way, I can I can be helpful to my to my people in Iraq and Syria. And then, um, Winnie, just the, the last question for you guys, really quickly: What do you hope that readers during the Big Library Read program are able to take away from the story that you wrote together? It's really easy to forget about the people who are living this as a day to day reality, um, and I want it as kind of an antidote to the Islamophobia or the xenophobia. I want people to remember that um, these people are just families who want to have a safe place for their children to grow and thrive, just like we all do. They're not here to take jobs from us or something like that. It's really just looking for a safe space. And, you know, I really believe it's a book of hope. That's that's so great. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. I think everyone is going to absolutely love this book. And, and thank you both for joining us today. Thank you very much for this. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.